Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago. With a second location at 2015 Ridge Road in Homewood, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, children's books, and bestsellers. For more information and upcoming events, please visit bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Hi, I'm Peter Creighton from WXAV 88.3 FM in Chicago, and welcome to this very special podcast celebrating this year's Vinylthon. I think we can all agree that, outside of the radio, listening to music on vinyl records is really the best way to listen. From the sound quality, to the artwork, to the community that sprung up around them, records offer a truly unique experience for all involved. So, to celebrate this year's Vinylthon, I recently spoke with Andy Weber, co-owner of Smashed Plastic Records, the only vinyl record printing plant in the Chicagoland area. In our conversation, Andy discusses how Smashed Plastic first got started, why they choose to only work with independent labels and local bands, and what records he would save from a burning building. Here now, my conversation with Andy Weber. Let's go back to the beginning. How was Smash Plastic Records uh, founded? Well, it, it started as a concept really three years ago between myself and one of my one of my partners who lives out in Omaha, and we were just we'd we'd always kind of talked about maybe starting a record label. And I knew just from being a part of the local scene that people were having such problems with record pressing. And I knew there wasn't one here in Chicago. So we were literally sitting at a bar in New Orleans talking about this. And I said, hey, we need to get into the production end of this. No one's doing it. Let's investigate. And so we spent about a year messing around. And then all of a sudden, about a year later, I got two more partners involved. And then we really started rolling about two years ago. And uh, found Viral Technologies, who makes our machine. And that's when things kind of took off. And we just realized there was a need in Chicago. I mean, there was a need in the region for a record pressing plant. There hasn't been one here for 30-some-odd years. And we just kind of all along kept thinking, well, you know, this isn't that great of an idea. Somebody else is going to be way ahead of us. But no one was. And we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and learning. We knew nothing when this started outside. Like, I literally... Outside of being a record collector and being a final fan, I did not know how a record even got made. So, I mean, we learned everything in the process all the way along. So that's kind of how it started. That's awesome. And there's so much that I want to, like, just digest with you. But we'll go with just the actual printing process because I don't think a lot of people actually know how records are, are made and everything. Does Smash Plastic, do you guys do it in the typical, traditional printing way or do you have a new uh, methodology that you employ well for the most part the machine and how it works is very similar to the older machines just massively updated you know it's computer controlled there is sensors throughout to be able to tell us if there's a fault if something's going wrong there's a lot more quality control involved but for the most part the vinyl process today is no the technology is not a whole lot different than it was you know, 50 years ago, but 
some of the processes we're using are completely different, and one of which is we're the first steamless plant in the world. So we are using a thermal unit to heat hot water instead of with electric and not gas. So it's a little bit more environmentally friendly, and it definitely uses a lot less power to get it up and running. But we use hot water instead of steam to do our records. So that's that's where we kind of – our technology has totally taken a different turn. It's probably going to end up being the future. You use a lot less footprint, boiler rooms, even getting one – approved here in Chicago was going to be a challenge for us. So that was one of the reasons we went steamless. So to answer your question in a nutshell, it's a lot of it's the same technology as how the record is being made. Some of the actual equipment that is being used to run the press has been updated. Now, I mean, I don't think people actually realize, um, I mean, vinyl's been back for about 10, 12 years now, but there's only so many um, printing presses out there in the world because when CDs came in in the late 80s, early 90s, people just literally dumped all the equipment and got rid of it. And now that it's back, there's this mad scramble to to build the new presses and that. What has been Smash uh, Plastics' um, experience with that? Like, has there been any delay in, or difficulty in, in finding equipment? Um, what has it been like working with labels get to, to print new albums like? Can you just kind of talk about what that whole uh, process has been like? Yeah, so if, if you kind of look at back at the, revi- the resurgence of vinyl, what was happening is, and this is kind of like where when we came into it uh, three years ago, we started looking at, okay, well, is there a way to acquire older machines? Because at the time, even just three years ago, there was really one manufacturer who was doing some new machines, and they're actually out of business as of now. Oh, wow. Seemingly out of business. That was kind of your... So so really, up until about two, three years ago, your only option if you were starting a pressing plant was to find an old machine, and then you have to find the engineer who can actually get those machines back up and running. And people were doing that. And, you know, there's... It, it, was, it was a hard, arduous process, and I could kind of tell from what, looking at things from a distance and reading articles and whatnot, how long it was taking some of these plants to get these old machines up and running. So for us, when viral technologies came online about two and a half years ago out of Toronto, that's where our machine is from, that's changed it quite a bit. And now there's, I would say there's probably, at least in the United States, there's about five of us, I think, five, six of us up and running with viral technology machines. And so now you're seeing this, um, the resurgence of the pressing plant, and it's and a lot of them are, are smaller, like us. We only have one machine. Some of the other newer plants maybe have up to like three, three presses. But that's still relatively small compared to what people have been dealing with with the larger factories over the last 10, 15 years, these factories that never went out of business and kept the old machines running through the downturn of vinyl. So now you're seeing... People like us come online, and we're all. But we kind of have like a different business plan than you would you would have, you would consider the old plants having. We are kind of more of a boutique manufacturer or a micro manufacturer. I've been throwing that term around a little bit too, where we basically we want to deal with customers face to face. We want to deal with mainly customers in Chicago or within the Midwest region, people who can actually come to the plant to pick up their pick up their records 
And like, for instance, this afternoon, I have a band and a label coming in to watch their record being pressed. And we offer that here, too. So it's a little bit more hands-on than dealing with a factory. So I've probably gone way off tangent of your question, but that's kind of what's happening in the in the industry. We're, we're kind of shifting from these large manufacturing plants where you kind of place your order and hope and pray to where now you're dealing with the actual owner of the company. And I'm, you know, I'm one of four owners and me and my partner are the guys who are doing the pressing here in the plant. So not only do we own the company, you can talk to us live. We're also the ones that are actually doing the records too. No, so. that that's absolutely amazing. And it's really cool because it's this super like DIY community you guys are kind of uh, forging ahead with. I, I got to ask, exactly. what it, um, but I got to know, like, what is it like when you watch, like, you have a band and a label coming in to see their actual record being pressed? What is it like almost just people watching when you see them, see the band, <laughs> seeing their albums getting pressed for the first time? What's that experience like? It's, it's, it's so cool. Um, and it, and it kind of was my vision from the beginning. I, you know, I, I thought to myself, I don't want to work with, you know, we, we have no interest in working with major labels. We want to work with nothing but the independent labels here in Chicago and directly with the band's DIY. That's why we also set our minimums at 250, which is the lowest minimum of anybody in the country. Just because I felt like there would need to be an entry point for people who weren't doing vinyl because they felt like it was this mysterious thing or it was too expensive or it was hard to get done. But yeah, when they come in here to the plant, it's amazing because... They, they get an opportunity to see their art being pressed physically onto a disc that's going to make their music. And they, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great experience. We've had, we also offer the ability to come in and listen to your test pressing live. We have a lounge where we have our turntable set up and, you know, a listening area because we want to be able to discuss if there's an issue, if, you know, or what, what they're hearing on there. And what we've had some people come in and have done that. Mm-hmm. It's quite amazing. They've literally walked out of our listening lounge and have given us hugs. And I was joking with my partner one day. I was like, who in the world has a job where their clients are hugging them? I'm like, this is an amazing thing we're doing. This is fun. You know, so it's, yeah, the reactions are great. You know, it, it's it's almost a full-time job dealing with the bands when they're coming in because they want to hang out all day with you while you're still trying to get their record done at the same time. But we don't care. It's That's part of the fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. And it's so cool that you're giving essentially local bands and smaller label bands an opportunity to get their music on vinyl because, I mean, it's one thing seeing it on Spotify or on YouTube, but to hold it on a record in your hand, it's it's got to be just such a, a wonderful experience for them. Oh, certainly. And I always say my line has always been, and I've been using this for years, even before I got into the, into the pressing business, is if you're releasing something online, did you actually ever release a record? You know, it, everybody can do something in their back bedroom on Pro Tools and release it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But to actually have some physical format made, that's really releasing a record, in my opinion. So I got to agree with you. I mean... F- Physical and especially analog technology is just, in my opinion, it's just the way to go. It's just such a different listening experience and holding it in your hand. It's it's magical, really. But you got a, a perfect segue in here. I mean, right now in our current age, it seems like the predominant way to listen to music is Spotify or YouTube or something else online. So if we're going off of that logic, 
common sense would say records should be dead, but the opposite is happening. Records are thriving and you even have um, cassette tapes coming back. Why do you think analog technology, specifically vinyl records and cassette uh, tapes, are coming back in such a big way in the music scene? Well, let me let me answer this in a little bit of a different direction. You know, with what I what I like to say about streaming is streaming actually works hand in hand. Like sometimes they get pitted against each other, streaming and vinyl, or mm-hmm. or physical, if we want to call it that. And I kind of look at it as they're very complementary to each other. I mean, the way I use it as a fan is now you get to sample your record before you actually buy it, you know? And if I like something, I'm still going to want that physical copy over, over just streaming it. Right. And it goes back to, I think this is kind of what drives it. When I was coming up, listening to music and DJing and whatnot, it was always great to be able to say to your friends, like, you know, oh, I own that record, right? Like, that was something everybody said, you know? You'd be talking about some new band and be like, yeah, man, I have that record. Now, everybody can say that because they can just hold up their phone and go, yeah, I can open this app and I have that record. But do you really? Like, do you actually own that record? So there's still, I still feel that there is a, there is definitely something very tangible about having the ownership of the record. So that. I'm not sure it even plays as much into the analog of it as it just actually having the physical copy. And then what I was always doing as a fan as well is, you know, you go to a show, go to a local show, you pay eight bucks to get in. You are thrilled by the band you happen to see. Maybe there was a band touring band in from out of town. So you're walking by that merch table on the way out. I always felt like it was a way to support those bands even more and have a memento from the night. I have no problem dropping the $20 for the record, you know? So I think there's, it's, it's that in the DIY world especially, it's just another way to support these guys in the way they're doing their art because we all know they're not making much money, but it's a, another way for, to put a little money in their pockets. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up and everything because it is a way of, of supporting those those bands out there. And even how they work complementary is, is a really awesome perspective. So it's Vinylthon, and we have over 130 college radio stations from across the world participating in this day. How has college radio played a part in uh, Vinyl's resurgence? Well, I think, you know, what's great about college radio is college radio has always been the exploratory ground of music in general and has been since, you know, at least the 80s. And it's where the independent scene grew up from. So it's so amazing to still see this many college radio stations now jumping into the vinyl end of things and saying, all right, we're going to do vinyl all day long. This is what we're part of. I mean, I bet you 10 years ago, you could probably walk into a college radio station. You would find a kid who would even know how to queue up a record. So it's, it's fantastic on the resurgence end of just having those stations across the country, because that means kids on campus are listening to this going, yeah, maybe I should go out and get a turntable. Maybe I should get into the vinyl final collecting end of this and run over to the record store and buy some of these records. So it, it's just great on the entry point level, I think, and just the support in general. Um, I got a fun question for you, Andy, and I'm talking right now with Andy from Smash Plastic Records. Uh, what's the, your website so people can go and check you out? Smashplastic.com. That's the best way to jump off with us. Um, if you're interested in doing, you know, doing a record with us, there's 
a little questionnaire on there that you can fill out comes to us and then that's kind of our starting point yeah definitely go check it out they're also on instagram twitter and facebook be sure to give them a follow uh today and uh here's my fun question for you well maybe not so much fun because you have a burning house right now and you have to run in and uh, save five uh (laughs) five of your favorite records uh what would you run into a fire and save man i mean this is such a hard question but i mean i you know I've been a radio DJ for years, so people always like to ask me what my favorite record is. So mm-hmm. I, I've always had the canned answer of at least one ready to go. And it's always been the self-titled uh, debut release from the Stone Roses. So you got to save that one. I'd probably have to save Tim by the Replacements um, because that's always my canned answer of my favorite band, even though it may not be. But you kind of always have to have that answer ready to go. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. So then the five records, I mean, I don't know. That's almost impossible to answer. Um, For three more, I can't even think of what's in my collection right now. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you got two excellent choices right there. And if anything pops back into your head, uh, feel free to give it a a shout for us. Because I only got a couple more uh, questions for you, Andy. Again, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We're in Chicago. I love Chicago. I think it's the greatest city in the world. I'm biased, but that's just me. What role has Chicago played in not only the resurgence of vinyl records, but also with what you guys are doing at Smash Plastic Records? Well, I think the the best thing about Chicago is, and I'm not sure everybody's always aware of it because everybody's kind of into their own genre of music, but the amount of genres we have here in town is staggering. The amount of, like, the music that is being made not just in your independent bands that are playing at the empty bottle, but I'm talking about jazz, house, hip-hop. The, the amount of music that is being made in this city is almost second to none. You know, you can go to other cities who are known for music, Memphis, Nashville, New Orleans. They're all kind of known for one specific genre of music. Chicago is known for so many. So it's very cool on our end seeing how many different types of genres I'm pressing throughout the week. It's not always just the same old garage band. It's like everything from jazz to ambient to stuff that quite frankly, I would never even listen to. It's been great to have that exposure as a, just a business owner getting to work with some of these bands. But I think that's what defines Chicago to me. And it has been that way for the last, you know, 50, 80 years. Chicago has always been this melting pot of music that has, just so many different genres and so much going on. And every single one of those genres has people that are just massively passionate and making and, and about making new music. Andy Weber from Smashed Plastic Records, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Uh, if you could give out your website again so people can go and check you out. Yeah, it's smashedplastic.com. That's where you can start with us. And that was my conversation with Andy Weber. To learn more about Smashed Plastic Records, check out their website at smashedplastic.com. I'm Peter Creighton, and thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, wxav.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.